Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hello and welcome to another episode of Off Track with some people. Um, <laughs> Who are you? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those Rothcliffe. weeks for everybody, huh? Jamander Rothcliffe. Uh, Alex Rossi is here with his Perrier bottle and Thim also showed up. Remember when that was a thing when we were sim racing like two or three nights a week? Which part? Well... I mean, you Wait, mentioned Jamanda Roscliffe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like that was a thing. We were yeah, yeah. we were legitimately sim guys for like three to four months. Yeah, yeah, but but you remember you remember where Jamanda Roscliffe? Arguably, Rossliff aside from all the deaths, the worst part of COVID. That, yeah. <laughs> um, James, no, what's going on with your audio? Is your mic plugged in? Is it bad? Or, or can you at least do it on your phone? Yeah, I can do it on my phone. Okay. How is your mic not plugged in? Because I need internet and plugs and the two ports. We've already had this you conversation. Didn't, wait, wait, wait. So you didn't change your laptop? No, I sure didn't. <laughs> so how, do you not it, how do you just not leave it plugged in? So yeah, you so anything else? Like everybody want, else in the world. Do you want to know what's crazy ironic about all this whole situation? Is not really. when, I, when I came down just now to start, I saw it was unplugged and I remember that I consciously unplugged it before I left for Canada this weekend because I was like, I don't want it just sitting on charge. That'll might like damage the battery or something. And so James, this is 2022. No, Electronics I, are good enough I know, that I, they don't need to be removed. This, yeah. this is not the beginning yes. of lithium ion batteries Correct. in 1997 where Correct. you like had to think about it. Yeah. Well, I just figured this uh, piece of made me buy wasn't good enough to have four ports so maybe it had crappy batteries too oh god i hate everything anyway <laughs> i had this weird dream last night do you guys ever have weird dreams do you ever like all the time all right we're gonna have to go around the table and talk about weird dreams i had a weird one last night dreams, so. that and I, it only came back to me because i'm now sitting in the bar looking at a wall of bourbon but i had this dream that becky and i had like just started dating and oh, it was a nightmare <laughs> no and and we were in i mean our house it was not this house but it was apparently where we lived and this dude was maybe it was like a party or something i don't know there was a couple people there including this dude who evidently was her ex-boyfriend 
It's not a real ex-boyfriend, but in the in the movie or in the in the dream, it was. Did you know this? Did you know this because he was had hockey sticks on him? No, no, no. That would have been a dead giveaway, though. It was because uh, he he was very upset that we were dating. I gather maybe she didn't tell him that they were no longer together. I don't know. I don't remember the specifics. All I remember is they used to date. He was very upset that we were now dating, and then we mm-hmm. left to go somewhere, and we left him at our house. When we came back, he had robbed us, but all he stole was my helmet collection and my bourbon collection. (laughs) (laughs) So it was devastating. I was crushed. I remember I was trying to go to the cameras and figure out where it was. And, you know, it was a whole thing. But that I woke up. It was very, very bizarre. Do you really? I mean, without giving too much away to the, the Internet. I mean, for me, that's pretty much the most valuable stuff I have in my house. So... Yeah, no, yeah. It's, I, mean, I woke up and I was like, oh, I this know. is, these are clearly the things I value the most because I was so panicked sure. they were both gone. <laughs> like, I don't really know what else people could take that would bother me that much. No, and, and honestly, like, like the bourbon, bones. like everything's replaceable except the helmets, right? Like the helmets are, are almost irreplaceable. And so for sure. me, by far, that's the most important thing uh, in terms of like, you know, tangible objects in my house that if they were taken or destroyed by fire or something, I would be very upset. But yeah, the rest of the stuff's replaceable. I'm going, I'm going to take it a different way. I think it's your subconscious telling you that you should finally give me one of your helmets. No, because I was so upset by losing helmets that I clearly (laughs) am not in a place to be. But think about it this way. If, if there is a fire, knock on wood and all of them go away, then you'd have one safe at my place. Oh, so I'm just I'm just storing one there. I'm not actually giving it. You would to only you. get it back in the event of a fire. Yeah, that's too specific. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I mean, we can work out some other stipulate hurricanes. You know, well, I'm willing to here. negotiate on that. I'll make you yeah, a, I'll Hurricane make... Alley, Indianapolis, yeah. Indiana. Uh, make... Well, that's why I wasn't going to point that out. Because yeah. You're yeah. up my whole game, Alex. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you this, Tim. Uh, if, if I get, if I get into IMSA racing next year and I'm back to actually using helmets and creating new ones, uh, and Alex agrees to also give you a helmet at the same time, then I'll so give you never a helmet. Happen. Right. So that's kind of yeah. what I was getting at. Yeah. That's like well, here's a hurricane. The thing, James, yeah. Here's the thing, James. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use getting back into a car like an IMSA as a stipulation, considering with a full roof and a door, you're only probably going to need one. <laughs> no, you have to have a backup. You're gonna need at least two. You gotta have a backup. Oh, so you're, you're gonna give him fifty percent of your allocation? No, but again, this is why I added the stipulation. I was trying to make it seem like it was hopeful at first, and then oh. just you know, yeah, cru- that'll never happen. Crushes dreams with that added right. element of your participation. Oh, copy. what's fair enough? Have you had any uh, had any bizarre dreams lately? I don't remember dreams. So ever maybe it means God. he gets good sleep. You only or, remember a dream if you wake up in your REM cycle. Or you're a serial killer. Or Alex, well, probably both. Alex Maybe a little bit both. I mean, we've Why am I a serial that, right? killer if I don't remember my dreams? I just I feel mean, like every that's normal not the person. Only reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want yeah, the list alphabetically sure. or chronologically? No, I, feel, I feel like that would be at the bottom of said list. <laughs> like, still on there, though. So, like, so, I, so I mean, Dexter, what did you, you dream about last night? I don't dream. No, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah, 
I had a dream that I was uh, I was trying to become a PhD last night, and I was like, oh, it's only like three classes? This is really easy. Why isn't everybody a doctor? And then I woke up, and I was like, oh, it's a lot more than three classes. And then, what, Are you what sure you, it wasn't like dentistry? Yeah, what were you going for your PhD in? I don't even know. I was, I was just I was just like picking it based on the schedule. I was like, well, if it's only three classes, what am I free? <laughs> it's like the easy way to do it. The easy way to easiest yeah. class to do. Um, yeah, there you go. Unrelated. Well, have you ever had? It's been fun, guys. Have you ever had Starburst jelly beans? Oh, they're yeah. the best. Dude, I my brother's girlfriend Except- bought a bag and left him here, and it was it's incredible. He I'm was sorry. also he was also here. They were staying at the house, oh. and she had bought them when they were here. Right. They left the so, jelly beans. So here's what upsets me. Here's what upsets me. There's no apple flavored Starburst. Correct. So that's a lie. And then there's another one in there that's not real. Yeah, there is another one. It's like a, so it's like only a grape it's only the pink. Right, the grape. It's only the pink, the yellow, the red, and the red that are legit. Orange. There's orange. And the orange. Sure. I think it has all the. Well, no, because hang on. There are different, like, packs of Starburst. There's, like, tropical well, fruit tropical. ones. Mm-mm. None of those That's are. That's not an apple. No. Okay. Okay. So it's weird. It's weird. I like I'm them. Not gonna, I like I'm not going to question Alex on this because I feel like he's done the research. Yeah. But I mean, knowing that those exist, I'm surprised you're as into jelly bellies as you are. Because those are just so greatly superior. Um, that's not true. But any form of candy that's in a bean shape, I I know a lot about. So God, that's another. Oh wait, there are thing. sour green apple starbursts. This is not sour starbursts. I'm just Tim. saying, there's a sour not... green apple. This okay. is whether yeah, this is another another serial killer thing. Yeah. I know a lot about bean shaped candy. <laughs> <laughs> just add it to the list. Just, just can you please just tell us where the bodies are, and we'll just get this over with. If I die mysteriously, it was either Alex killed me or all of my life choices caught up to me. Yeah, it's one, more only those likely two. the latter in that case. Uh, so there was some stuff that happened on racetracks recently. Uh, there's some vroomin. Let's start with the chronologically first one, which was the Indianapolis Open Test that took place last week on Wednesday and Thursday. And Alex, you participated in that. And, and I didn't. Uh, I did. I did my best to warn everyone that something was different. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone just looked at me like I was this idiot. This spun on the install app. <laughs> okay, hang on. And I said. Right. I said. Something weird happened. Like, okay, I didn't do. I didn't do that. And everyone was like, "Uh huh." Let's let's re- let's Turn recap. Up. Let's okay. recap slightly. So there was a rain delay to start the first day of practice. The track got dried. Everything was good to go. We're about an hour and a half, I think, behind schedule. And the cars leave the pit for the installation check. It's just one lap out and in. You just excuse me. Make you sure have to all be your, an idiot to mess it up. Yeah, it'd be tough. And Alex Rossi <laughs> is in the lineup of cars coming out of pit lane at a reasonable speed. And all of a sudden, the car that snaps loose and spins around. He very craftily got off the brakes just in time to keep it off the wall and, and drive away. No damage to the car, but I gather ruined a set of tires. Uh, yep. So so an auspicious start for uh, for the 27 guys. But it was foreshadowing for what was to come. So yes, to your point, Alex, you were saying something was different. And then what happened? (laughs) 
the tra- <laughs> I don't know what happened. What proceeded <laughs> to happen was two cars separately of each other spun on the warm-up lane, one kind of in the middle of turn two and the other one in the middle of turn one, in very different, at, diff- at varying speeds, at varying temperatures of tires, um, in, in what could only be described as just chaos in a sense because the track was perfectly fine the track had a tons of grip and ultimately what is believed to have happened is so every couple of years they seal the track to protect the asphalt you know indiana winters summers it's a very important piece of asphalt they want to make sure it's preserved and taken care of right well the sealant has gone down in the past and it hasn't had any negative effects like we've seen with other compounds that have been added to racetracks and so every everyone thought this would just be status quo. And for the most part, it was. The racetrack was completely normal. And and thank goodness. So what they believe happened is the track got sealed when it was 60 to 70 degrees out. And then the access road in pit lane got sealed at a different point, And it was like low 40s. So they believe there was some sort of chemical reaction that didn't bond you know, the sealant didn't bond to the track. And so there was, according to Firestone, a 10% um, step down in grip right. from the racetrack, which was the normal grip level, to to the access road. So everything that we had all done in the past, and it's just muscle memory leaving pit lane, kind of went out the window. And no one really had any sort of idea that that was, that was reality, because we only knew that there was this 10% loss of grip at the end of the first day when all of this, this stuff sort of happened. So thank goodness that it it wasn't the racetrack that was sealed when it was cool out because that would have been a, a very detrimental situation. But um, as always, you know, Doug Bowles and, and the IMS staff are are the best in the business. You know, Doug was out there till 11 p.m. after the first the first day of testing, kind of going over it with his team and what they could do. And, you know, he called me to discuss, kind of walk me, walk him through what happened from my side. And um, I think you know, Kyle Novak and Jay Fry, everyone was very uh, well advised to kind of end the session a little bit early on the first day to kind of get their heads around what was happening. And they they, they have a solution um, coming back for the month of May. So nothing's going to, there's not going to be any kind of hangover from that. Everything's going to be just fine. And it's going to be racing and pit lane as normal, which is great. Yeah, the uh, the big concern was, you know, you talked about two other guys spinning, but one of those was Elio in turn two, and at that point, he was carrying enough speed. He actually went all the way across the racetrack and made contact with the wall, ending his test. Uh, they weren't even they weren't even running the following day because the MSR guys wanted to get that sh- that car back to the shop and make sure it was race ready for the five hundred because that was his primary car for this year and the car that he won with last year. And then the other one, which is actually what led to a, a premature end of the day, was Will spinning in, in turn one, and it actually slid briefly up onto the racetrack, almost directly into the path of Colin Herta, who had to take evasive action to avoid him. And that ended up uh, putting Colin up in the gray, and he spun and made contact with the wall. Alex, you were right behind that scene. You were the next car in line. That must have been a little bit spooky to witness firsthand. Yeah, no, it was... I had no idea Will was there, right? I didn't, you you kind of, you're going down the front straight, James, you know, and, and you're kind of, especially if you're the second car in line, your main focus is just that one car and you're kind of 
in a way staring at their gearbox and looking at where they're turning in for one so you can choose where you're going to go to find some some cleaner air if you will and so i was just looking at colton like i didn't i knew there was no cars in front and that wasn't even a consideration and then i kind of arrived on the scene and there was smoke and then colton was spinning and then i was just trying to like not hit anything right it was just a, a weird a weird thing that happened very quickly but yes yeah, certainly the the surprise colton got because colton also had no concept and it was it was will's car was so far around the corner and at those speeds like you're that's the last thing you're expecting yeah. to see is just a car appear on on the apex curb right so it was a, an amazing kind of save a for colt not to hit will and then b for colton really not to hit anything else yeah. um very impressive actually it, it was a pretty, imp pretty impressive little display there but yeah, I mean, at that speed, you're covering over a football field a second, right? So like right. you're looking far up the track, but when you're mid corner, you're looking at sort of your your next point in the corner that you want to like have as have as a reference as to where you're placing your car or whatever, whatever. And so yeah, even if you're looking a full football field down the road, that's giving you less than a second to react to something that was never supposed to be there in the first place which was a car half on the grass and half on the racetrack so definitely well, i mean will will also did an amazing job like yeah considering the situation everyone did phenomenal in making that be pretty much a non-event because that like could have been catastrophic like you, for a lot of people it's like you guys are professionals or something I have to imagine, like, that's got to be, from Will's perspective, that's got to be one of the scariest experiences you can have, to just be a passenger and go sideways um, into I oncoming think traffic. I like was that. probably more scary. Yeah? Well, uh, I don't know, man. I think being the guy that's about to get hit broadside stationary is maybe slightly worse. And, I, I, and maybe it's only, it's a mental thing because that's exactly what happened to Zanardi. And when you look at that crash, mm -hmm. you look at what his injuries were versus what Tagliani's injuries were. So I don't know if that's just a mental thing we've inherited from that experience, but I'm with you. Like that was always my biggest fear, like slotting across a racetrack, you know, with cars at speed, all the ovals, you know, you think about that when you're trying to hustle it into the pits in Texas or hustle it into the pits in Iowa or yeah, getting off the button at Indy going through turn two on the warm up lane, trying to go as fast as you can. Uh, and the other thing that was funny is both times Marcus Erickson was like the first car on the scene to, Elio's car sliding across the track, and then <laughs> when Colton spun, he actually was the like Colton spun. It was Alex yeah, already went, gotten by, and then he started sliding down the track right in front of Marcus. Marcus was all locked. I mean, if I was Marcus at that point, I'd just park the car and be like, you know what, we're good today. Let's just <laughs> yeah, we'll come back I've tomorrow. I've seen Final Destination. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, going in, you said with the difference in weather and conditions in April and, and that kind of thing, there's not a whole lot that you can take away from a test like that going to the 500. Was that the case or did you, did you anything surprise you? Did you pick anything up? Um, no, I mean, I think it, it's very, I mean, it's the exact same car, same tire, um, everything. It was actually kind of getting a little bit slightly warmer on the second day towards the end of the day. Um, and it's still pretty bad. I'm going to be honest. Like it's not, it's not good. Like it's very, very difficult to follow cars. Um, even it seemed a little harder than usual actually, which may be kind of still cause it's a green track. Once we get a week of practice on it and, and thousands of laps and all that rubber, it'll, it'll come back a little bit, but yeah, I mean, third car in line, you're, you're pretty much stuck. Can't go anywhere, which is not, what anyone wants it's not enjoyable for us it's not enjoyable for the people watching um 
but it's what we have at the moment. So I, I, there's not much to add other than that. Yeah, it's tough, right? Because you have obviously the uh, the more rubber going down, but the track temps coming up and it's going to be interesting to see sort of where that balances out and, and what the kind of mechanical grip level ends up being. Because ultimately that's what's holding you guys back at this point, right? I mean, the cars are, are pretty draggy. We saw that based on the fact that, you know, you can't pull away. If you're within five seconds of the car in front, you're going to catch it. Um, the speeds in the draft were pretty damn quick for this point of the month. Uh, so, you know, it just shows that the car's obviously pretty draggy. It's going to be pack racy ish, but you need that mechanical grip to be able to follow close enough in the corners, not rely on the downforce when you don't have it to then really use that speed to pass a car. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a combination of two things. I mean, you're exactly right. It's, it's mechanical grip. Like the, I think the, the, t- the front tires need to be better. Um, but I think the front wing is also very weak. Um, it's just you know, too you sensitive watch, to the dirty air. Yeah, that, and it's just, it's just not a very good wing. I mean, honestly, like it's, it, it doesn't create a whole lot of, of downforce in the best of conditions. Um, and it's funny when you watch these onboards, you know, the wings just flapping about, like it's it's like a bird with wings. Like it, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of structure or rigidity to it. So it's no surprise that when you get in dirty air, like that, you just lose the front of the car. Um, so I don't think it's all on the front wing. I think you know Firestone could certainly you know help. Obviously, their concern is bringing a new tire um, to the five hundred. You know, their their biggest concern is safety and reliability. And ultimately as it should be, you know, but we've also had this package now for, this is going to be the third year. And I think it's ultimately going to be the exact same show that we've seen. And some could argue that 2021 was a good race. I think that it was an acceptable race for sure, but it was also like 68 degrees. It was abnormally cool, um, for, for the last year's 500. If that happens again, it'll kind of be like a Texas surprise that we had this year, which is great. And it, it, it could end up being just fine. If it's a typical Memorial Day weekend in May and it's 91 and the track temp's 140, it's going to be not, not nice. But, That's yeah. Well, th- I mean, there's, thankfully, Indiana weather is very. It's so predictable. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> the uh, yeah, I mean, the, the the challenge is at 140 degree track temperatures. I don't think there's anything you can do from a design standpoint or engineering standpoint or tire standpoint mm-hmm. to make that race good. 140 degree track temps is just that's just a tough tough hand to be dealt. I mm-hmm. think what I think what we've gotten away with the last few years is, like we said, because the car in front is essentially the slowest car on track, mm-hmm. right? Because of, because of the drag and, and not having any draft, you can pass the leader. Sure. And so we see the last few years maybe passes for the win and, 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 and some exchanging of the lead, you know, in that last stint. And so it, it makes the race up front look exciting, which it is, but sometimes a really good car will get mired down in 14th place, 20th place because of circumstance, bad yellow, bad pit stop, whatever, whatever. And you're unable to make that ground up and get yourself into the the fight for the win, even if, you know, you had the pace to do it. So there's definitely, I think, work to do to make sure that the, the competition is good throughout the 33 cars and, uh, and not just up front. Speaking of 33 cars, we don't have them yet. Is I'm going to reiterate. Is that because you're holding off on your announcement, James? It's true. NBC is going to announce shortly that they are sponsoring me 
to run. Uh, it's actually going to be mic in the car. I'm going to have a mic in the car. Yeah. It's going to be a live open mic to the other guys in the booth. Uh, I will be That'd racing be in pretty sick. An IRO three chassis with the oh, old so you're school win. with the old school <laughs> um, V8 NA engine. And yeah, we'll see how it goes, man. We'll see how it goes. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. Yeah, so there's no, there is no thirty third yet, though, right? I mean, there's, Not, there. I keep hearing there's rumors. There's an announcement coming. So you then, need, yeah, you need four things. You need a car. You need an engine. You need a sponsor, and you need a driver. Yeah, and and do you? Do you need those four things? You need at <laughs> least those four things. He's explaining it for the dumbest among our listeners, which mm. is me. Right. Right. And. <laughs> And there are like four different programs that have two to three of those four, but it's like <laughs> nobody has it all yet. And I think we're getting very close to uh, to finally being able to have a, a 33rd car on the grid, a full program put together. But man, from the stories I've heard and the people that I've talked to, like you could write a book just on trying to trying to put together the 33rd entry for the 2022 Indy 500 it's been just bizarre and it's uh it's unfortunate you know because there are a lot of people that that want to be in that car and there's a lot of like i said there's a lot of people that are three quarters of the way there but unfortunately that's not how it works so, so but I, but from your your standpoint you think we'll have 33 and, I think, and the I think tradition we'll have a, will be intact yes i do believe so i do believe so but no bumping there will be no bumping right. just has anybody just like hit the panic button and called tony george and just been like hey you want to write another check just... Nah, it's not really his job anymore. That's not, yeah. You got to call Roger and say, "Hey, you want to write another check?" So, but just no, for I, old time's sake, I bet T- Tony would do it. You know, I mean, if you caught him, if you caught him in a good mood, maybe <laughs> could be a fourth carpenter car. Uh, but yeah, so so I think I do think we will have thirty three, but I do not think we will have thirty four, which will make qualifying slightly less exciting. But at the same time, you know, if you're only bumping one person out and there's you know a program that was thrown together last minute that was like 
very clearly not going to make the race. You know, mm-hmm. it was like the year that, oh man, what, what, I'm trying to remember who, who it was. There was, there was one year where there was one car was like, I mean, yeah, I mean, he gave it a good crack, but yeah, that, that was, that was one you had on the list of people less likely to get in for sure. But yeah, anyway, a 34th entry at this point would be just, you, you know, you're not making the show. Like yeah. You would have to take somebody having a catastrophic problem in qualifying, which has happened, <laughs> been there, but uh, <laughs> so there, yeah, sorry, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> um, this actually brought up something I, I didn't text you guys about because I wasn't thinking about it until we were talking about the tire compounds before, but there was the announcement from Firestone about the green tires. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to debut them for the, the pit contest in Indy. Yeah, that's and right. then they're it's coming out properly at Nashville. That's the plan. That's the plan. And you know what? It's great. This the the fact of the matter is, you know, when you're dealing in a sport, um, two things that one has historically had, you know, has received from some flack for not being the greenest sport in the world. Which I understand the argument for that, but the counterpoint to 20-some-odd cars driving around burning fossil fuels and tires a couple times a year, 17 times a year, is that the technology developed on the racetrack then translates to the billions of road cars Mm -hmm. out there. So if, if something developed between the 25 Indy cars or the 20 Formula One cars or however many sports cars run in a year applies then to let's let's call it like 300 race cars total applies to a billion road cars and reduces their you know fuel consumption by 0.001 percent it's a net gain yeah so racing has always been uh, a huge development tool for manufacturers to actually make their cars more efficient and safer and etc etc but tires is a big part of it and it's great to see firestone stepping up now because the other side of it is from a corporate standpoint, right? Like we're a sport that relies almost exclusively on on sponsorship. And a lot of these companies are now having to ask tough questions of of whether it's sports or just general partnerships to get involved with and in terms of like, what is your sustainability plan and what is your position on, on XYZ? And for IndyCar partners now to be taking it seriously and Firestone to do what they're doing and what we've seen out of the engine manufacturers and, you know, out of... Uh, the the fuel provider, um, I think the series is doing a lot, and for a series that yeah looks like it's just burning fossil fuels, uh, is actually doing a lot to help you know make the make well, the planet a little cleaner. And that's also not to say that like Firestone hasn't been making innovations in that field. For sure. Before. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, it's the, it's your point about fuel consumption. Same on tires. If they can figure out how to make a tire last longer, going two hundred thirty miles per hour then that's going to go and have ripple effects down the industry of ones that are going 60 miles per hour. You know, and it's, <laughs> all, it's, also, it's also from what I understand that the materials used, right? Yeah. So it's not even just that the tire will last longer or not. It's that the materials used to get that tire have a, have a much smaller impact on the environment. And they yeah, have been doing I was this talking for about a long before, time. Yeah. I was talking about before the green, this is, this is a, another big step in the, in that direction, but it's not to right. say that they've just been, you know, no, and, and, and that's what's funny, too, is they have been doing a lot, but it hasn't been like publicized in necessarily a certain way. But now there's just so much emphasis on it that mm-hmm. they're having to make a, you know, a marketing plan about it, uh, even though I think the company has always been pretty active on that. But I, And I brought this up a lot of times. Like, I think IndyCar, I don't know if it's just because we've had it for so long, 
but like we missed it we we miss a trick every every single time like we run on ethanol which is a big deal like that's a that's a huge deal and ultimately there are greener alternatives to internal combustion engines you know with hybrid and electricity and everything but this is like much much better than gasoline yeah and it's it's something that's it's very often forgotten about and i and i don't know why because i mean it's i think it's because they they made the switch so early they were so ahead of the game well cool that should be something that like just about like it's 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 just a missed opportunity so sj if you're listening ethanol it's good (laughs) tell people about it (laughs) uh all right well and, and unless corn. there's a unless there's more IndyCar stuff I didn't know. I mean, there was some other racing. There was some NASCAR. There's some F1. There's a lot of IndyCar stuff that you don't know, but we won't That's get fair. into all of that right now. Uh, yeah. So NASCAR was in Talladega this weekend. Uh, Ross Chastain pulled off win number two on the season in a typically <clears throat> Talladega-ish race. I think I'm not gonna lie. I didn't see it. So I watched the last nine laps. Which is all I needed to see. That's all you need. Probably eight um, laps too many, but yeah. Well, honestly, I was trying to get the last lap, but I didn't quite know when it was going to end. So I was like, <laughs> it on. I was like, oh, nine to go. Okay, close enough. Um, I, I love. I, I, I mean, I understand why people. I, as a racing driver, I would hate it. I love as a fan watching the plate races because it's yeah. such a. It's literally going to Vegas and watching ice roll, and it's like. You have no idea who's going to come out on top. Like I think, I think Eric Jones, I think Kyle Larson did a phenomenal job. They placed their cars perfectly. They had the lines organized on the on the high line, on the bottom line, and it it should have been a shootout between the two of them. Who was going to have the push at the right time? And who was going to back into their their train the best? Right. That's a weird phrase to say, but anyways, um, it's it's reality. It's cup racing, and then not as bad as Thunder Dongle. It all goes. To- <laughs> And the guy in like sixth, who yeah, still did a great job all day because ultimately you're you're up front being in that position, but like didn't do anything. And even said in his interview, I don't understand what everyone just did there because they all <laughs> just kind of spun and the seas parted and he just crossed the line and he won. And it's just it's wild to me. It's very entertaining, but very frustrating, I imagine, if you're a team owner slash driver. Yeah, I mean the, the drivers universally sort of hate them unless they win and then they talk about how great they are, but. Uh, it's, uh, it is, it is fun to watch. I will give you that. And this dude, the, the, the technique and the driving is wild. Like you say, like you're driving brakes, you're backing people up, you're trying to time stuff. Like the, the experience is so valuable in those situations. Like the guys that have done it a lot and have been up front a lot. And that's even Unless what Larson Austin said. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> Um, but even Larson said that in his position, you know, he's, he's not had a great super speedway record and he kind of has been working really hard on that and wants to be really, you know, better at that up front all day, did what he had to do, but, you know, made a move at the end there that kind of ultimately cost him. And, uh, he openly admitted that it was probably just from a, a lack of, a lack of experience being in that position, which I think is kind of an interesting interesting thing to admit yeah i mean it's 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 true i mean it's it's so true i mean you you even look at like you know i go back to 2017 and um you know texas indycar race right mm-hmm. i great i had won a 500 in 2016 right but like i had never all my oval racing had either been 
had, had been in a single file, right? That's all it was. Phoenix, Pocono. I mean, maybe Iowa was side by side, but okay. Very different than side by Texas. I put in the mix of Texas qualified, whatever, sixth, kind of was in that front group. And guys started going two wide through the corners, three wide down the straights. And I was completely lost. Like I had no concept of how to do that. I didn't know, like, and, and I don't think I would know today, honestly, seven years in, because that's just not something that we really do anymore. I don't know that I'd know how to like drive my car, listening to you, James, how you talk about you're placing it off of so-and-so's right front and all this stuff. Like, I, I don't know. I just kind of would try and stay in a straightish line. Right. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it, it does make sense because it, there are so much finite techniques that you don't know and you don't learn until you're in those exact situations. Yeah. Right. And if those yeah. aren't races that, I mean, cup, they do have a, quite a few plate races, but you know, take it from the IndyCar example, these guys that, you know, are going to go to Iowa for the first time, right? Your, not to call them out, but your Christian Lungards and your um, Callum Eilots and stuff, guys who are going to have rookies. some yeah. oval races under their belts and think it's X, and then they're going to get to Iowa and all of a sudden be side-by-side side with cars in a race situation. It's it's very, very different. Uh, and it's the other interesting thing about it, man, and I was, I was just kind of thinking about it as you're, as you're talking about it is, you, you look at the guys that have, you know, the tons of experience doing that stuff, the guys like Dixon that were around back then and when that's like, that's all they did. Right. right. And then even when that kind of next generation started coming up, guys like me, whatever in lights, we still ran mile and a half ovals that were basically the equivalent of a plate race in a cup car. You know, they were white line, nose to tail side by side for the entire race. Now, you know, you're getting to that generation of drivers that, yeah, they're, they're doing their first oval in an Indy car. Even the lights guys, you know, they do what gateway, gateway. and that's it. Right. Well, no, they, do yeah, they do gateway. Iowa. No. Right. So like in terms of the Indy car schedule of, of ovals, you're just doing gateway because they don't even do Indianapolis anymore, which is bonkers, but that's a different very, very confusing. Yeah. So when you're, you know, when you're Scott Dixon, when you're Will Power, when you're guys that have had a little more experience racing those kinds of tracks and you go to Iowa and you're going side by side and trying to, you're now doing it with these drivers that you have to trust have done their homework. And that's a, that's a big ask. Like that's yeah. a very big ask. You know, there's a, there's a level of trust that gets developed when you're on track with drivers in that kind of scenario that, just none of these guys have had time together running around together in that sort of situation to, to get there. And so it's going to be interesting when we get to Iowa, luckily we get two cracks at it to see, you know, who really picks up on, on that style of racing. Yeah. I mean, as much as I, I hate Iowa most of the time, I still am excited about going back there. Not only because the series and the speedway and all the partners high V are doing an amazing job. And it looks like it's going to be potentially the best event outside of Indianapolis. Um, it's just, it's so nice to go to an oval where you know that you can race. Like it's our only one left, right? And even in now, like we kind of, we were just talking about like, yeah, I mean, if you're in the top four or five, yeah, you probably, you're, you're in a good position. You got a good shot at it. But Beyond that, no, you don't. Whereas Iowa, you can be 16th because you have an issue in qualifying and then just drive to the front. Like that that still exists and that is still a very good possibility and, and you've got multiple options throughout the race to to take advantage of that. And it's a sad thing that, 
unfortunately, um, at this moment, we don't have anymore. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fun to watch. And like you say, that race is just going to be bananas in general. So I'm excited about that one uh, for everything yeah. that they're doing to promote it. Uh, and then we had F1. I was going to so, say, tell me about F1. Did you watch it? I wa- yeah, I did. I watched, yes, I watched. Yeah, yes, you, I watched you watched it. it. Yeah. Um, pretty boring race, ultimately. Um, Max is still good at driving race cars, which is good he's to see. You know, pretty neat I mean, at it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's got some some talent there. Um and I think at this point, you know, it's it's Ferraris to lose. You know, I think they do have the better car. I think Charles is more than capable of keeping up with Max. Maybe, you know, he does have slightly better equipment at the moment, but he still can get the job done. But Ferrari does Ferrari things and they've been doing Ferrari things for a long time. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see if they're able. I mean, they have a huge championship lead right now, despite the little issue that they have. It'll be interesting to see if that dwindles because yeah. of silly mistakes. This, yeah, this was a pretty telling weekend, right? I mean, in the sprint race, Charles got ahead of Max. Max was still able to pass him back, and then you know, in the race, going for fastest lap and trying to pass Checo to get on to second and minimize the points lost to Max. Charles made a mistake and ended up falling down to ninth, recovering to sixth, but. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. You're right because Ferrari do have a they do have a little bit of a of a trend of throwing throwing a good thing away of late. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can keep the development up and stay ahead of the likes of Red Bull and I mean even you know Mercedes at this point. You know, let's not forget Russell ended up P four, which in a car that seems incredibly difficult to drive at the minute. If they start sorting their stuff out, you know that him and him and Lewis could be back in the fight as well. So it's going to be interesting to see. Well, um, let's see what we have. What do we have coming up? Alabama here soon. You guys ready for that? Alex's favorite track. Alex's I love how, favorite how track. Tim, what do we have coming up? Alabama here soon. Yes, Tim. The race this weekend of what we're all involved in is IndyCar at Barber. So, yes, that is coming up. That, that old thing? Are you guys still doing that IndyCar thing? Yeah. Are you coming to Barber, um, Tim? I am not. No, my daughter is doing a uh, Wizard of Oz play. So yeah, Barbara this weekend. My favorite, my favorite place on earth to drive a race car. But you I, tested there, and you actually had a good test, didn't you? We tested there. We had a good test. Honestly, we we we've been quick there the past couple years, and honestly, it hasn't been. My issue with Barber has nothing to do with being performance related. It's not because I didn't like it because we struggled there or whatever. I just don't like the layout, honestly. Um, it's a motorcycle track. That's yeah. what it was built for. It was not built for any cars. Now, I did have a little bit of fun this past test that we had just because I think I had only been driving on Sebring, Daytona, St. Pete. Like It was just nice to be on a proper road Get course to a again. Get proper so, road course. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, I've always said that it, it was always – for me, a great track to drive, just not a very good track to race. Yeah, but saying that, I think the race is is okay. I don't yeah, think it's it, terrible. We've had a it couple that were actually okay pretty race. good. The biggest yeah. thing is if the delta between the reds and the blacks is high enough, it's a great right. race. That's right. that's ultimately what makes it good. You need For a sure. really fast red tire that falls off a cliff, that falls on its face. I want to see a second Delta and it only lasts 20 laps and then watch all you guys have to deal with it. 
And that, my friends, is why Detroit this year is going to be chaos. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. I don't think the red tire of Detroit's going to make it a lap. I think Ooh. I'm going to come to Detroit this year. This will be my first time. I think you should just only qualify on blacks and save all your reds for the race. I tried to do that last year, and then Grosjean broke my wing. So, <laughs> Okay, well, let's hope that doesn't happen. But it would have worked otherwise. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. But maybe. maybe. Not. Maybe. All you right, took that well, chance away from me. Thanks, pal. Teammate. Well, good luck Team in Alabama, bro. James. Yes. Have fun commentating down there. Thank you. Make sure you tune we'll, in on NBC. Uh, we'll get. We'll do our Ask Alex next week since we're already over time this week. Yeah, we oh, have a good uh, one. Just cut it. Make fix it. You'll figure it out. What's our um, Ask Alex? I mean, we've we've done we've gone long enough. Let's let's save it for when we don't have a ton of time. We'll have plenty to talk about next week too. All right. Okay, so now we head to our new segment, Ask Alex. And uh, producer Thim has a submission for this week's advice column. Ask Alex. Please send. Tim, were people, were people following the rules this week? We got, we got better ones. AMA? We got better okay. ones on that's this. Good. Glad to hear that. Yeah, we got this one. Uh, we got one that's actually asking for advice. Uh, so um, we'll keep it anonymous. Uh, hey, guys, love the podcast, but I've got a funny situation to deal with. My fiance's sister is getting married on May 28th, the day before the Indy 500. My family is the traditional 3 a.m. making breakfast in the lot outside of turn two Indy 500 goers. My fiance's family is not. My fiance is a groomsman for the wedding and will be at the race with me as well. The wedding is at 5.30 p.m. with the reception to follow. How early is too early to dip out of this wedding to get some sleep before the really big event of the weekend? Okay, so to the problem, the the writer... Uh, is a female, yeah, she was asking when, when fiance, can she bail on this wedding? Well, here's the thing. Okay, well, here's the thing. So her husband, sorry, her fiancé, even though his family is not the 8,500 people, he plays, he's in on the thing, right? Like he wants to be there doing the early morning breakfast into the track early, right? So one would assume. I, if he's married into say, the family, you have to assume. Okay, so I would say, I mean, how much does he like his sister? No, I think <laughs> I think you just have to Irish goodbye. Right? You yeah. gotta be you gotta be the life of the party. When the when the reception starts, get your speech done early if you're doing that. If not, make sure you're dropping off like I'm thinking two to three rounds of shots to the entire bridal party. Make sure the bride and groom see you delivering these shots, do them with them. Yeah. And then yeah. by yeah. I mean I'm thinking by I'm thinking by eight thirty, nine o'clock, you're out of there. Let's let's put this in context of of events that happen. So you got to do the shots, you got to do the dance. Like, are we talking leave right after the father of the bride dance? Sorry, Alex is, is, is Alex has a question. Well, I love how Ask Alex has become Ask James and Tim. You could have just interrupted. You could have no, no, just I can't interjected because you yourself. talk so much. Okay, dude, it, th- this is a guy writing this or a girl? No, this is a girl. The girl wrote it. it. Her, her fiance is no. in the wedding party. Don't be a bitch. Party all night. <laughs> Drink your coffee. Get an hour or two of sleep. Have your breakfast. Go to the bar again. You know, get that get that morning yeah. going. Go to the track. Do not. Yeah. You don't have to pick or choose one. Do both. It's Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> it's a wedding. It's a party. It's the Indy 500. Have fun. It's okay. 
So basically, you're saying do, that. do the do the Indy 500 like I do the 500. Right. Super hungover. Can't be hungover if you're still drunk. Right. Right. <laughs> Drink all day and all night. Yeah. It'll be okay. <laughs> you don't need sleep. You just need a power nap. And so okay. you wake up right, still man. a little drunk. Come on. Keep drinking, and then off you go. Who are we? Who are we? Our friend Bob. That's <laughs> like come on. So there are two Party. approaches here. You'll, there, you'll be okay. there are the Bob Irish goodbye approach, which is just make sure they see you with the shots early, so you were the life of the party. No, Don't say do goodbye and bail. <laughs> Instigate no, no. the shots. No, that's what I'm saying. You do the shots. You mm. got to bring the shots and do the shots. But then you can just they're like, oh yeah, Joe was so fun at the party. You got the party go with the shot. What happened to him? I didn't see him. You know what I'm saying? And then you can yeah. Irish goodbye around nine. Just don't say goodbye. Just leave. Or you do the Rossi approach, which is full throttle on the gas <laughs> all it. night, straight into the morning. Your eggs at 3 a.m., your eggs and bacon at 3 a.m. is going to be with Bloody Marys, and you're just going to ride that train all the way to the checker flag. I got to say, when we started this and, James, you started with the advice, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That's sensible. And then Alex came in and completely changed my mind. And that's why I'm it's called on that. <laughs> that's why it's called Ask Alex because his advice is objectively better. You're gonna have uh, my favorite though is the night before the 500, not last year, but the year before. It wasn't last year. I saw Alex's dad and, and a couple friends, and I, you know, I'd had a few, and just the the look of surprise on everyone's face when I strolled into the track at 9 a.m. They're like, I didn't even think you're gonna make the race this year. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just do it. Do it that way. It's worked. It's a it's a tried and true uh, process uh, that Tim has used many times. I think I'm going to use it this year. Yeah, <laughs> probably, probably. Well, you have fun with that. Uh, please write us back and let us know what you decide. Also, send pics. Send pics of you at the wedding and then yes. at 500. You know and what? I'll do a drink with you. Morning of the 500. Let's, you know uh, what? <laughs> I think Tim will come with you to the wedding. Can you guys get I'm a plus, plus, plus one? Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah, I'm delightful at weddings. Yeah, you're, right uh, until you're, I fall asleep. Well, no, right until you or jump, jump in, in the pool. pool. Yeah. Then you fall asleep <laughs> as a wet, sloppy mess still holding a drink sitting upright. And then I wake up and go to the Indianapolis f***ing 500. And Let's you never go. you never <laughs> spill the drink. This is good. This was a good addition of Ask Alex. I think the right advice was given. It's just up to you to decide whether it was from him or from me. <laughs> and with that, we wish you a very good day. Alex, best of luck in Barber, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Thim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to at producer Thim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean fit.